What's up, guys? Welcome to Relatable. My name is Allie. This is a podcast of CRTV. You can watch this as well if you don't just want to listen to me at CRTV.com slash Allie. You can subscribe there. Use my promo code, which I think is maybe Allie20 and you get some kind of uh, discount. Speaking of discounts, guys, this is a big day for the Relatable podcast. I have my very first advertisement. And guys, I, I I can hear you right now. You're like, I don't want to listen to advertisements. Ali, I can't believe you sold out on this. It is not selling out. I will only do advertisements for things that I absolutely believe in and things that I actually think that you guys will like and will probably make your life easier. So the first ad that I have is for Bolster Sleep. This is an amazing company. So they sent me one of their pillows um, and I have pillow issues. Like I have pillow sleep problems. I have... If you looked at my bed, you would see, wow, why does one person slash two people, me and my husband, why do they need 50,000 pillows just to get comfortable? The answer is because I've never been able to find the perfect pillow. I have like six pillows that I mash up and I sleep on them. And then by the end of the night, I am like down to the abyss. My head is and the rest of my body is up on another plane and I wake up with a crick in my neck. This has been a problem for as long as I can remember. Tossing and turning, it's just, it's just, it's just never worked for me. All of these different kinds of pillows. I've tried Tempur-Pedic, all that stuff. So Bolster sent me one of their pillows and I was kind of skeptical. I just was because I've never had a pillow that I like. I've been sleeping on it for two weeks and I'm not kidding when I say that it is amazing. It really is. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. I have not had a crick in my neck. I only sleep with one pillow. The bolster pillow is the only one that I use. It is so good, so comfortable. And I don't know what to do with all of my pillows. So if you guys, instead of ordering this bolster pillow, if you guys just want like some cheap, crappy feather pillows, I have a ton that I don't use anymore. But I've been sleeping through the night, haven't been waking up at all. It's been so amazing. And the thing about this is, is that you're not just getting a pillow that's going to change your life because it's changing your sleeping habits, which affects every area of your life. Um, you're also changing other people's lives. So with every purchase, you are also helping people in Haiti. Bolster Sleep actually donates uh, some of its proceeds to this program in Haiti that equips them with uh, with skills like HVAC, with uh, plumbing, with these things that they can actually use in real life in order to have jobs and and be able to provide for themselves and their families. It's so amazing what this company stands for and the products that they sell. So you can go to bolstersleep.com. You can use promo code Allie, A-L-L-I-E for $100 off. $100 is a lot. Allie, A-L-L-I-E, $100 off. And uh, you should start with a pillow maybe before you get a mattress. Their mattresses are apparently amazing too. Um, but you should start with a pillow just to see if you like it. I guarantee you that you will. I've seriously never slept on something better in my whole life. Okay, now that that's done, first ad out of the way, it wasn't even that bad, guys. You thought that it was going to be this horrible, boring thing. It wasn't. I bet you were fascinated with that ad because I made it a part of my life because now it is. Okay, we're going to talk about something that is a lot more serious than advertisements, a lot more serious than even sleep. And that is the horrific thing that happened over uh, over the weekend at Tree of Life Synagogue in, um, in Pittsburgh in a community called Squirrel Hill, which is literally Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Like that's where he grew up. It's a very close 
close-knit Jewish community. Uh, 11 people, or there were 11 fatalities in this shooting. This guy who is an anti-Semite who has apparently been very public on social media about his hatred for the Jews and, of course, has bought into all of these conspiracy theories that have been around since like the dawn of time, that the Jews are evil and that they're uh, running the world and that if we just exterminated the Jews, then everything would be better. This guy literally bought into Nazi propaganda, has been propagating it himself. He bought into it so much that he went into the synagogue and he shot it up. He killed people ranging from, I think, middle-aged to like some people in their 90s. It's horrific. This um, this community is just is just wrenched with pain. And really the entire Jewish community on Saturday when this happened, I was thinking about all of the Orthodox Jews who were, uh, who were celebrating Sabbath or who were resting on their Sabbath, who didn't have their phones, who didn't have access to the internet, who, you know, they weren't on Twitter. They didn't know this was happening. I was just thinking about them. What horrific news this is going to be once they are able to check into the technological world and see that this happened. I mean, it's got to be so so scary. I mean, think about it just for a second. If you're not part of a group that has ever been persecuted here, and I would say as a white Christian, I, I don't really have a group that has been persecuted or has been oppressed or has been a target of hate crime. So for example, if and this is different, I'm not saying this is the exact metaphor, but if I found out that there was this, uh, there was a large group of people or a relatively large group of people that were online talking about how much they hate blonde women, how they're going to kill blonde women, how blonde women really are, uh, you know, we're taking over the world in a really bad way. And we're part of every horrible conspiracy theory that there are these people that go out and they're going to kill blonde women, wherever blonde women are, they're going to kill them. I would be really scared. Even if it happened across the country, even if I didn't know the blonde woman that was killed, if I knew that she was part of this uh, larger movement of people that wanted to kill blonde women, I would be I would be very afraid. So just think for a second, whatever it is that you are, whatever characteristics that you have, if someone was targeting you for an immutable characteristic, um, or maybe I guess in some cases it's chosen, some people convert to Judaism, um, for whatever characteristic... It, it is for however you worship, whomever you worship, how you look, how you act, how you dress. If someone was targeting you for that or targeting your group for that, how scared would you be? How devastated would you be? And then it's taken to an even further level when it's a religious community, when they're bonded, uh, maybe not by actually knowing each other physically, but a spiritual bond. We Christians can relate to that. So I'm just devastated for the entire Jewish community. Um, anti-Semitism has been around since the Jewish people have been around for thousands and thousands of years. This is not new. Um, they have been the target of all kinds of vicious attacks, uh, because of who they are. And God has, um, amazingly, amazingly spared them. And I'm going to get into a, a little bit later what the Bible says about the Jewish people and how we as Christians are supposed to view the Jewish people, because there's just this very, very strange notion that for whatever reason, I guess these people who think this don't read the Bible, there's this very strange notion that it is somewhat Christian in a way uh, to be against the Jewish people. And let me just give you a spoiler before we even get into the theological part. It's not like there's nothing, nothing remotely biblical, theologically sound, Christ-like Christian in any way about being anti-Semitic. There's just not. Um, 
So anyway, let me just say that I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. If I have any Jewish listeners, I am so sorry that this happened. I know that it's scary. And gosh, if you knew anyone that was affected by this, I am so sorry. It is a scary time that we're living in. I mean, I I don't know the numbers. I don't know if anti-Semitic hate crimes have increased or if hate crimes in general have increased over the past few years. I'm I'm not exactly exactly sure. Um, But I know that... Anytime this happens, especially in light of what was just happening with the bombs being sent to various Democratic leaders, we live in a very tribalistic, very hateful, uh, very um, amped up time when everyone just everyone seems to hate the people that disagree with them. And unfortunately, some people um, manifest that hatred in violence. So now we're going to talk about a little bit how the media has reacted to this. That's always fun, right? How Trump has reacted to this and um, what is the truth and what's false about all of this. Um, so I I know that Trump is not a great reconciler. He's not. He's not the guy who's going to bring the divided people together. He's not the guy with the peaceful rhetoric. He is no Ronald Reagan. We know that. I have criticized him for his rhetoric in the past. I certainly do not think he's perfect. I got a message over the weekend saying that I uh, worship President Trump. Anyone who's been listening to me knows that that is not true. He is not perfect. I wish, I wish sometimes he would stop talking or he would change the things that he's saying. I think that most, a lot of the things that he says, not most, but a lot of the things that he says, it's not that they're necessarily wrong. It's just that they're not helpful. And that's not his mentality, I've learned. He's not thinking about what is actually helpful, what is actually productive. And a lot of times in his rhetoric, he's not thinking what is actually good for the country. He's thinking what is good for the brand of Trump. Uh, And sometimes that can be good for the country, but sometimes it's not. In this particular case, in the light of everything that happened, he did a pretty good job. Of course, this was a scripted a scripted speech. Someone wrote it for him, I'm sure, but that's fine. That's true of most presidents. So here is what he had to say. As you know, earlier today, there was a horrific shooting targeting and killing Jewish Americans at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The shooter is in custody and federal authorities have been dispatched to support state and local police and conduct a full and thorough federal investigation. This wicked act of mass murder is pure evil, hard to believe, and frankly, something that is unimaginable. Our nation and the world are shocked and stunned by the grief. This was an anti-Semitic act. You wouldn't think this would be possible in this day and age, but we just don't seem to learn from the past. The media, however, didn't like this. And of course, they had already made up their minds about everything before Trump actually gave their speech. There were blue check marks on the left on Twitter saying that this is the kind of hatred that Donald Trump allows, that he exacerbates, that this is the country that he's created. This is the environment that he fosters, that these kinds of hate crimes 
only exist is what they're implying under Donald Trump. There have been articles in the New York Times and the Washington Post, of course, conversations on CNN, MSNBC about how this is Trump's fault. That in this is not they're not blaming him as directly as they were for the bombs on the Democratic leaders. That was very explicitly blaming blaming Donald Trump. But now it's just, well, he has created this culture of division. He has created this culture of hatred and this is his fault. No, like I said, I disagree with a lot of Trump's uh, rhetoric, but no, this this is not his fault. Hatred has existed for a long time. And like I've said so many times, if you look at the numbers, we became most divided under President Obama. Not before that and maybe sometime after that, but it was under President Obama that people really started hating each other. And that we really started looking at the other side and saying, we have absolutely nothing in common. We can't even say that we're proud to be Americans anymore. That's when it happened. Now, Trump is a symptom of that. He is not the cause of that, but he is a symptom of what happened under President Obama, a.k.a. the Great Divider. And I'm not saying, again, that he is helping. I am not saying that he is bringing people together. But no, it is not Trump's fault. But the media is so hell-bent on blaming conservatives on the in the right for everything for everything bad that happens that they're not even able to see the log in their own eye they just can't do it they can't see how their incendiary rhetoric is adding to the same kind of division that they say that trump is adding to that them saying for example that everyone's going to die if republicans repeal obamacare that everyone who voted yes on kavanaugh is a rape apologist and doesn't care about rape victims that saying that the tax cuts are going to be armageddon or at least agreeing with nancy pelosi saying that um having maxine waters on who says that Anyone in the administration should not be allowed to eat dinner in peace. They don't condemn Antifa. Actually, they say that the anti-fascists are okay because they're fighting against bigotry. They don't see their own messaging, their own rhetoric, and their own words as incendiary, as dangerous, as wrong. They only look at Trump. They only look at the right wing and say they're bad. And they wonder why the country is so divided. We're not perfect on our side. We're certainly not. I've been convicted over the past few days about, wow, when I have kids one day, I want them to be raised in a softer, kinder world than this. How am I going to contribute to that softness and kindness? I don't do a good job. I don't because I just get angry at things and I say, this is absolutely ridiculous. And I lash out at whoever is making the stupid comment of the day, I'm not helping. So I think that we can all look at ourselves and say, how am I contributing to reconciliation? How am I contributing to peace? That doesn't mean you stop speaking truth. That doesn't mean that you stop uh, being bold and maybe sometimes even blunt with things that you say that are true. But it does mean, okay, we need to examine our hearts here. Am I attacking this person simply uh, simply in a way that is ad hominem, in a way that doesn't actually uh, add to a productive dialogue? Am I just doing this for attention? Am I doing this to advance my own brand? Am I making a broad generalization that really isn't true or fair? Am I making a statement that can't be backed up by facts just because I know it's going to get a lot of retweets and likes? It's that kind of stuff that we have to examine in ourselves. 
I am the first and foremost. I, I know that. Um, now, I try not to do that. I, I'm never consciously saying, I'm going to say this for attention. Never. Right? That's never been who I am. But it doesn't hurt, of course, to take a step back and say, I need to evaluate myself. I need to evaluate how I might be contributing to this rise in temperature. And all I'm asking, all I'm asking is for the media to do the same thing. But people on the left tend to think, it's a lot of people right now, not everyone, but a lot of people right now, especially on the left-wing media, seem to think that they are the peacemakers, that it, they are not the problem, that we are the problem. And that's that's when I stop being able to be calm anymore. That's when I kind of give up on this whole idea of, okay, well, maybe we can all take responsibility and come together. It's very difficult to do when you see the left throwing cheap shots at people on the right simply because they think that they're better than us. That makes it very hard to look at the other side and say, I want to sit down with you. I want to have a conversation with you. I want to come together. Maybe we do have things in common. Because I don't think that I'm better than people on the left. I think they're wrong. I think that they're misinformed. I think that my ideas are better than theirs. I don't think that I am better than them. I don't get the same feeling from them on the other side. And that is one reason why it is so hard for us to come together. It's so hard. Um, there was this headline in the Washington Post by Max Boot, and I'm trying to find it. He says, Fox News and the rest of the right-wing media can't escape responsibility. And this is after the Tree of Life shooting. So in the article, now Max Boot is an ex-GOP person. He is one of the most aggravating commentators in the entire world, because to me, his arguments are just so disingenuous about conservatism. I don't really understand how you can just give up on your principles because you don't like certain politicians in your in your party. That's not what conservatism is about. But in this article, he talks about how Fox News and the rest of right wing media cannot escape responsibility for the tree of life shooting. That's amazing. That is so that this is amazing. Like how much self-awareness do you have to lack for you to write that headline? How much self-awareness do you have to lack at the Washington Post to approve that headline? Now, this was an opinion piece. So they're pretty out there headlines sometimes. But still, really? Fox News and the rest of right-wing media can't escape responsibility? And you know what? I'm fine. I, I am actually fine with saying, hey, Fox News, hey, right-wing media, take some responsibility. Maybe maybe you're contributing to the madness. Maybe you're contributing to the anger. And maybe Fox News hosts will look at themselves and, and look at their monologues and say, you know what? That's true. I'm making too big of statements about this. I'm going too far. I'm exaggerating too much. This is a little bit too ap apocalyptic. I'm not thinking of anyone. I'm honestly not. I'm just saying maybe some Fox News hosts will say that. That I'm fine with having that conversation. I'm fine with that headline as long as we also say, hey, CNN, MSNBC, left-wing media, you can't escape responsibility either. You cannot because your rhetoric is so apocalyptic. Everything is the end of the world. Everything is horrifying. Everything that the right does is hate-mongering. Everything President Trump does is awful. And all of us who voted for him are complicit. We're complicit in evil. Anyone who dares to think that Donald Trump might be a good president is stupid. They're racist. They're wrong. They're bigoted. They're bad people. And everyone who agrees with you, well, they're great. They're on the right side of history. 
Don't tell me that Fox News and right-wing media can't escape responsibility if you're not also willing to call out the left-wing who also cannot escape responsibility. There, There is no valid argument to be made that Fox News is any more incendiary than CNN or MSNBC that they are any more exaggerated in their rhetoric. In fact, and I know that I'm biased in this because I'm a conservative and I like Fox News, I think they are much more balanced. Now, not every single show. Some shows admit that they're just opinion shows, that they're just going to tell you that, you know, the left sucks, which I, I don't always disagree with, and that, you know, President Trump is awesome. There are going to be shows on Fox News that do that. But overall, Fox News is extremely fair in who they invite on, the conversations that they allow to happen on their air. Do they like President Trump in general? Yes, but that's because no other network does like President Trump. Where are the people who do like President Trump going to go to get their news? Fox News provides that. But I would say a large chunk of their shows are extremely balanced, are extremely objective, are extremely fair. You cannot tell me that Brett Baer is biased, that he is uh, responsible for any of this violence that's happening. And that's just one example. I I don't think that that's true on CNN and MSNBC. Now, not all of the journalists there are bad at all. Some of them, I'm sure, very responsible. I think Jake Tapper generally does a very good job. There are reporters on CNN that do a very good job. I don't think that they um, are all these, uh, they don't all use hyperbolic rhetoric. I think that they're, you know, they're good at what they do. But I would say Fox News does the best job of being fair and balanced while also being a conservative network. So again, you cannot say that it is them that has to take responsibility for this violence just because they say things that you don't like. You cannot do that. And then honestly, honestly, watch MSNBC or CNN and not think, huh, they're only telling one side of the story. Huh, I can't believe that they're having this guest on. Huh, I can't believe that they're looking at the story in this particular way in order to make President Trump look bad or conservatives look bad. You can't do that if you are an honest person. Like I said, I am fine with the media taking some responsibility. I'm fine with President Trump taking some responsibility and us all toning it down. It's very hard to do when the left is so self-righteous. I'm telling you, this would never, this would never be a headline in Fox News. Well, mm, I can't say that. Maybe in an opinion section. Maybe in an opinion section, it would. I would be surprised if I saw something like this saying that CNN and the rest of left-wing media can't escape responsibility for this shooting at a synagogue. I would be surprised. I might be proven wrong. I would be surprised. So President Trump, of course, this morning or yesterday morning, he tweeted that uh, the fake news enemy is the or the fake news media is the enemy of the people. And people on both sides of the aisle said, you know, this isn't helpful. Once again, this is something that's just kind of unproductive at this point in time. I mean, we just had a major shooting. We've had a few scary things happen over the past few days. It would be better if we could just kind of come together. But I I, I don't disagree with that statement. Some conservatives were saying it needs to stop. He needs to call stop calling the fake news media the enemy of the people. And as much as I, li- I don't like a lot of what Donald Trump says, I don't disagree with that phrase that fake news is the is an enemy of the people that they have animus towards their audience that they think their audience is so stupid that they can indoctrinate them with the progressive ideology and only tell them part of the story 
the any any side or i guess i shouldn't say progressive i guess it would be any side right or left when you demean the people by lying to them and telling them oh president trump is trying to make uh trans people disappear which is not true. 24 million people are going to die if they repeal uh, Obamacare. That's not true. Tax plan Armageddon. That's not true. That does put you at enmity with the people that you are talking to if you are lying to them. So I do not disagree that the fake news is the enemy of the people. Of course, the question is, is that the right thing to say right now? Like it would be so much better if he just denounced all of this and said, you know what? Let's drop the act. Let's come together. The economy is doing well. We're Americans. Let's remember that. And maybe it's too, too little too late at this point for President Trump. I'm sure the left has already made up their mind. No matter what the heck he says, they're going to hate him anyway. I just, all of this makes me miss President Reagan so much. Someone that I never knew. I didn't live through his presidency, but President Reagan is by far my favorite president. I love him so much. Like I can cry thinking about President Reagan, reading about him. Oh, man. Okay, just listen to this short, really short blurb from one of his speeches where he denounces uh, anti-Semitism and bigotry. Let me add, in the party of Lincoln, there is no room for intolerance and not even a small corner for anti-Semitism or bigotry of any kind. Many people... Many people are welcome in our house, but not the bigots. So he says, many people are welcome in our house, but not the bigots. I just, I love that. I love that. We should be able to say that on on either side. Of course, the term bigot has become such a progressive term that it's hard for the right to say it, but it's true. Uh, There are bigots on our side, on both sides, but on the right, like we have them. We should be able to call them out. They're called the alt-right. Now, this particular shooter who shot in uh, the Tree of Life synagogue, he was anti-Trump, but I don't think that he was left-wing. He just called Trump a globalist. Globalism is a term that everyone uses. It's not just an alt-right term, but it has been used particularly by the alt-right, and it's really synonymous to Jews. Like, the alt-right exists. There is this idea among conservatives that the alt-right doesn't exist, that it's just a leftist term to demonize certain conservatives. That's not true. The alt-right exists, and they are not good people. Like, I know that it sounds like I'm throwing around all of these progressive terms, but they are white nationalists. Like, I sat down and I talked to a prominent person in the alt-right. I had a long interview with them to just honestly try to understand what the alt-right thinks and who they really are and what their values are. And he told me, like, they might, some of them believe in small government, not most of them. Some of them believe in small government, but they don't believe that small government is possible unless you have a completely white country. Like, they don't believe that people are really bonded together by, they can be bonded together by common values in the Constitution. Like, they really do believe that whiteness and, quote, Western civilization is what is going to be um, holding us together in the end. And they hate people like me. They call me a neocon because they would say, oh, what are you really conserving? Um, because, oh, the Constitution, oh, you're right. But what I, I won't even get it all. I won't even get all into it. They're so inane. They're they're so backwards. They're so honestly hateful, most of them. Now, not everyone who is called alt-right is alt-right. 
but a lot of them are. You'll hear them talk about identity. You'll hear them talk about globalism. They might not outright talk about how they hate the Jews, but they do hate the Jews. Um, they are racist. Now, they might be okay with some black people who are on uh, their side with their cause, but in general, not really. Like they think whiteness is something that is very important to preserve and that white identity is an important part of their version of conservatism. They would also call themselves paleoconservatives, which they don't even really know what that means, but that's what they would call themselves. And they are bigots and like we should denounce them. Most conservatives that I know do denounce them. And that's the difference between the left and the right. Most conservatives denounce the alt-right and the left doesn't uh, denounce the people that they see on the far left, like the anti-fascists, quote anti-fascist. But we need more people denouncing people in the alt-right. It exists. Do not believe that it is just a leftist tactic. The alt-right exists. They like President Trump, mostly. And they are on this side. That doesn't mean everyone who likes President Trump, I voted for President Trump, is part of the alt-right. They exist and they are bad. This guy was probably in that circle somewhere, probably. So we just need to be able to acknowledge that. So the question is, though, the bigger question for those of us is, what are Christians supposed to think about Jews? Part of the alt-right, they um, like Christianity. They like Christendom because they think it's white and European. Funny, Jesus was a a Middle Eastern Jew, but whatever. Um, They think that hating Jews, like Paul Nealon, for example, I think he was like running for Congress or something like that. He got kicked off Twitter. I completely dominated him in a very biblical sass way uh, about the Jews. He thinks that it's Christian to not like Jews and to tell Jews all of these horrible things about them. Uh, unfortunately, there's this very, very small sect of not really Christians, but call themselves Christians who think that it's bad to or think that it's good to hate Jewish people. So let's just talk through what the Bible actually says about this, because, you know, if you're a Christian, you're supposed to kind of like the Bible and believe in the Bible. So first of all, Jesus was a Jew. His entire lineage was Jewish. As Christians, we don't just get rid of the Old Testament and the stories of God's faithfulness to Israel. All of that matters. All of it is integral to the story of Jesus. Read all of Romans. Jews came first. To them, says Paul, belonged the oracles and the prophecies. They were part of the original tree, the metaphorical tree. And we Gentiles, you and I, who are not Jewish, were grafted in through Christ. So our attitude towards uh, the Jewish people should be like Paul's, who says in Romans 9, 3, that he wishes that he himself were cut off for the sake of the Jews, that they could be saved. Um, we don't have the exact same view of Jews that we have of other non-Christians. Um, now, technically, we do, but it is a little bit different. It's a different kind of yearning for them to know Christ um, because they believe in the God of Israel like we do. They know his character. They have the prophecies. They have the Old Testament. And yet they have been God or the New Testament says that they have been cut off for our sake and our longing should be that they know Jesus so that they can be joined so that we can be joined together. We should be praying that the eyes of their hearts are enlightened. Um, That's how we should feel about the Jewish people. We should be yearning for them. We should love them. We should be evangelizing to them. We should be showing them the compassion and the passion of Christ. That's how we should feel about the Jewish people. They still have a purpose 
I mean, Romans also talks about how not all Israel is Israel, but a remnant will be saved. God is still going to be faithful to Israel through that remnant and through Christ. Now we know that we know that no one comes to the Father except through Christ. That is true of every person of every single faith. But it is not, we should not be demeaning the Jewish people because they don't know Christ. We should be yearning for them to know Christ. We should be loving them, showing hospitality to them. Right now, we should be devastated that this act of violence happened. We should know that this is not God's will, that it breaks his heart as well. And he wants his people to come to know him through Christ as well. Christ, the ultimate sacrifice for both the Jews and the Gentiles. Our hearts should be broken for that in the same way that God's is. So there is nothing biblical not a single biblical thing about anti-Semitism. Like for you to think that you've got to be the most dense, stupid, idiotic, unbiblical, theologically inane person out there. You really do. You do not know Christ. You don't. If you believe that any strand of racism, anti-Semitism, whatever it is, is justified by the Bible. Okay? So anyway, uh, <laughs> the reaction to all of this has been... It's been crazy. And I just hope and pray, one, that I can repent of my own sin and all of this and causing any any division of, of any kind, which sometimes the truth divides and that's okay. We're supposed to speak the truth in love. I'm not going to stop doing that. But examining my own heart, examining my own motives behind my words, making sure that what I'm saying, even if it might hurt people's feelings, it's fine with me, but I want to make sure that it's productive, that it's moving the ball forward, that I am only speaking truth. I want my kids to grow up in a better world than it is right now. It's scary right now. We're so tribalistic. I don't want to contribute to that. So that's where I am on all of it. And again, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for any of you who have been experiencing pain over the past few days. And I'm praying for you guys. I'm praying for the entire Jewish community. You can also go to GoFundMe.com. It's on my Twitter page as well. There is a verified GoFundMe page for the Tree of Life Synagogue. They're trying to get up to a million dollars. There's a lot of damages. I think there are, last I checked, there were over 100,000. I'm sure they're much past that now. But let us not forget this moment. Let us not forget the feeling of sadness and compassion that we feel for them. It's so easy to move on really quickly when uh, when things like this happen because the news cycle happens so fast. But remember that those who experience this, they're not moving on quickly. Like this is going to be haunting them for the rest of their lives. So try to remember them and pray for them when you can. Um, okay. One final thing I'm highlighting a nonprofit. One of the nonprofits that someone sent me is called Fighting for Me. And they uh, it's an organization that provides free counseling to sexual abuse victims and their loved ones in Orange County, California. Their goal is to have counseling centers nationally, but they want it to be totally free. And so they haven't actually gotten the full funding to be able to start up yet, but they're in the process of doing that. So you can find out more about Fighting For Me at fightingforme.org. Sounds like an amazing service. Uh, people who are in those kind of vulnerable situations need to know that they are loved, that they're not alone, that they are known, that they are valued. And this organization is uh, trying to do that. And I think the name Fighting For Me is perfect. Okay, Love you guys so much. I am headed to New Orleans this week. I'm going to the World War II Museum. It's probably going to be crazy for Halloween. Uh, but and I'm also going to the Ed Sheeran concert, so that'll be fun too. So I will see you guys back here on Thursday. 